Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy. Morning, Paddy. Good morning. Morning. So in recent episodes, we've been putting the spotlight on employee onboarding. One recommendation that we've made a few times is to make your onboarding self-service. We've shared how this can help new joiners to move at their own speed, whilst also freeing up a huge amount of time for the manager and team. What we haven't covered is just how to go about doing that. We want new joiners to be excited and motivated in their first days and weeks. So how do you make onboarding self-service without it becoming a dull and tedious experience for the new joiner? And where do you even start? That's the topic for today's episode. So let's dig in. So Paddy, is it, a, a re- is it really a good idea to make employee onboarding self-service? Uh, and uh, let's talk about why it's a good idea and then we'll talk a bit about you know, why that's hopefully not going to lead to a disengaged and frustrated new joiner. <laughs> well, I, I can share that I, I've had my own reservations about making it self-service in the past. And I, I remember I was uh, fresh out of university and I started my first job. And it was a large uh, consulting firm, well-known in London. And the first two weeks, uh, because they had a big cohort of people starting at the same time, it made sense to take us to do an offsite, and we had all sorts of great training opportunities and so on. And those two weeks were amazing. I made great relationships and, and learned a huge amount and uh, still look back on them fondly. The week after, we, we got sent to our own departments to get started, and something happened i'd come off basically buzzing with just how how much i'd enjoyed the previous two weeks and how excited i was to do all the things that i'd learned about and and demonstrate my worth and landed in the team and they gave us our desks and our laptops and then they saved some things that we might be able to do to help some of the uh, other managers in the company and then we got given some e-learning which we could do to fill the time and e-learning it it wasn't kind of this is the essential e-learning you need to get started it wasn't tailored to exactly what i cared about or what they needed me to know it was just like these are some subjects which are vaguely relevant that you can spend some time reading up onto because it's better use of your time than doing nothing and oh my goodness that was it was just like uh going full speed loving life yeah, the windows down, everything's great, and just going and hitting a wall. My everything slumped. I was just like, "Oh no, oh no, what have I done?" It was completely uh, the wrong thing for them to do, and for me, I, I was immediately disengaged. Uh, I started, you know, you just go through the motions. You start clicking through, reading something which isn't relevant to what you're doing now. Click, click, oh, and then the little quiz, and oh, 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 okay, I'm gonna go have a coffee with someone. Um, I, I did well. I was able to fob it off pretty quickly and find something more interesting to do. But that, that, that's what you can imagine self-service onboarding to, to be. That's what you can think of. It's like, we're going to give them a checklist and sit them down. Surely that's the opposite of what we're going for. We want them to be motivated. We want them to make relationships. Surely it's going to be better if we get them in a room and uh, and share that with them. And I think you have to be aware of what the bad looks like to then go, okay, wait a minute. What if we could fix those issues and actually make it work? So when we're talking about making it self-service onboarding, we want to make sure that it is engaging and that it is entirely focused on the exact knowledge that we need to share with them. 
And so we want to make sure that we are we're basically giving every step is well thought out and the guidance that they're getting is is the guidance that they would be getting anyway through any other mechanism. It's no there's no filler. We're not trying to use their time. It is all value adding uh content. And if you get this right, then you can you can make it engaging. And we'll, we'll talk about some of the ways you can do that later on, on today's episode. You can make it actually quite fun to do. Um, you can uh, make it a lot more fun than going into a meeting and having things lectured at you. It's uh, a lot easier to kind of go through a lot of this at your own pace. And there's some huge, huge benefits. So the benefits that we see, we see new joiners are able to go at their own pace which uh, and often go uh, quicker as a result. We see that uh, teams and managers that would be supporting that new joiner save literally hundreds, hundreds of hours mm. um, in the first days and weeks and months uh, from the time that they would have otherwise been uh, lecturing or providing training and then coaching and then fixing mistakes. Huge, huge, huge time saver for the team. We see that managers have their role transformed because instead of being this person who has to go and give lectures and, and all this training, the, the kind of that knowledge transfer is done in a self-service way. So the manager can then focus on coaching and providing really high value interactions that go beyond what's in the, uh, in the base material. And kind of the big one is that new joiners get up to speed much quicker. Uh, and we're, we're able to make sure that they, everything is covered within that self-service checklist, which gives us confidence in what they've got. Um, uh, and as we've talked on recent episodes, we can get new joiners up to speed to the point they're productive within one week and we can lay out a longer term checklist which takes them to the point where they're actually happy and confident in all areas of their role which is a uh, another huge win which goes beyond what normally gets picked up when we're not doing it in this kind of self-serve way yeah and i love I, I love that and i think i think the key as you say there is like it needs to be lined up towards helping you to be able to deliver value in the role I think that employees will take a lot and you know be uh, and quite happily make progress as long as they feel like what they're doing directly helps them get up to speed in the role and and add value. You know they they probably will jump it through hoops and and uh, overcome friction and barriers that might be there as long as they feel like it's it's going to serve them in that role. And I think you know the example you use where you get dumped on the entire company catalog of e-learning and told amuse yourself with that like we've got nothing else for you to do is a is a really poor experience um it's one that uh, i have shared at uh, uh, when when i joined a consulting company and uh, the same one and uh, uh i uh, yeah i became master in uh, word excel powerpoint project uh, psychometric testing <laughs> Um, but actually, as as you say, like I didn't, I didn't feel super excited and feel like this is, you know, this is hugely value add. It was like, I, you know, this is what they've given me, so I guess I'll do it. But it felt sad. And and as you say, like particularly when you've spent a couple of weeks, essentially it was, you know, off site and out the office doing cool stuff that felt like, oh yeah, this is what's, you know, this my this is what my job's going to be like. And then suddenly it's not. And I think if we look at how we would now approach onboarding uh, and, and making it self-service. It's all around our number one core value, which is focused on impact. It's what's the impact that we want that person to have and what's the 
um, the series of things that they need to uh, to to get to, to to get to that point. Otherwise, as you say, you know, they end up disengaged and frustrated. Um, given that, given that you know, the aim is to to get the employee welcomed and supported and engaged and happy and uh, adding value and and so on, whilst also freeing up the time of those around them. Um, let's say that you've got a, a leader who's tasked with sorting out the onboarding process and you know they've got a new joiner coming up, they uh, haven't onboarded into that role before perhaps. Uh, in fact, I've got a particular client in my, of ours in mind where that's the, the case for them and we're literally uh, going to be helping them uh, create those onboarding processes. But there's um, during that time, there's normally quite a lot of stress as they think about, you know, they need to work out what's in scope and what's that person going to need to cover and where do I start and this feels like a lot. Is it going to is it going to take me weeks to put this together and and so all that's fair. Now of course we've experienced it and found that actually with a really small amount of time, uh, like we're talking a few a few hours, like three to five, you can save eighteen to two hundred <laughs> over the coming weeks. But like. For for most people, they won't have had that that experience of, of doing that. So, where should they start? How do they how do they do that, go about that? Yeah, it's, it's nicely put because it's a, it's a essentially see everyone that approaches onboarding for the first time as, as going through these stages. They start off going, "Oh, I'm going to do employee onboarding, and this is brilliant because I can see uh, there's a load of pain points which I've been wanting to solve, and now here's my opportunity." And then they slowly start making a list of a few things I think might need to be in it. And then they go off and Google and find some other things that need to be in it. And they suddenly have this kind of realization where they go, oh man, I have no idea just how big this go this thing goes, but I can see that it gets big. I did not set aside uh, as much time as I think I now need to put into it. And I, do, I don't know where to start. And it, it's this kind of moment where you're just like, oh no, I'm going to have to write over, off the next few weeks and I'm still not confident that I've even got to grips with the, the full picture yet. There are lots of, uh, kind of, you Google for it, lots of little checklists of here's five things you can give your new joiner to make them feel happy. In terms of actual, um, the full scope and detailed checklists, they're, they're unfortunately not so many. They're harder to come by. Uh, we'll have some links in our in our show notes, but they're... It's a much more difficult thing to do, and part of that is because it is it is large, and it is uh, on initial outlook, it can be quite quite complex. So, um, so that that first challenge is to is to kind of get your your head around just what's involved. So, how how do we do that? Good news, there is a uh, a series of steps you can go through, which will which will basically uh, answer that question. So first of all, we need to think about the new joiner. What role are they entering the company into uh, to do? Uh, if they're going to be doing more than one role, then think about the first role that you want to be getting them up to to speed with. And for that role, we just need to be thinking about, okay, what tasks do they need to do? So what will they need to be doing every day, every week, every quarter, every year? What are the other kind of uh, more ad hoc or as needed tasks that they need to uh, need to do? And we'll, it doesn't need to be a perfect list, but you do want to put the time in to just think about the full list, not just a here's the main three things. You want to also identify the, the bits that come out, you know, one, once a quarter uh, or every now and then. So you kind of get got the full picture of all the tasks that they're going to need to, to need to do. Then you want to think about okay, um, uh, for those tasks, we can be turning those into 
SOPs, which are basically just checklists uh, which describe how a task is done. And we've got other uh, podcast episodes where we go deeper on how to uh, do these really like, you know, quickly and create a high-level checklist of the of the steps. For now, we don't need that. We just need to know that it will become a checklist which describes how that task will be done. And it's important to to know that because it gives you the foundation. It means that you don't have to build in training for every single task into your onboarding process itself. You're going to be creating these separate SOPs checklists, which are going to be there as a, a foundation for everyone on your team, even the people that are already there. And then the onboarding is almost kind of a thin wrapper on top, which tells them where mm, to fine. look when they need to do the task. Above your um, uh, SOPs, uh, and this is something we, we previously called a, a pyramid of guidance. Above your SOPs, we have training, uh, and then we have onboarding on top. So the training is uh, and coaching, we think about, okay, we've got a task. Let's say it's to do a sales call, a sales discovery call. We can describe the steps that they always need to go through, and we can describe even how someone else is going to review uh, review that call afterwards and give feedback. But simply reading through the SOP, uh, that, that checklist isn't going to be enough to get a new join up to the, the speed, the quality that we need. It won't give us confidence they can do that. So there are going to be some tasks where we go, we're going to need some additional training or coaching. So again, just identify which ones those are and where you're going to need um, some coaching which goes beyond just kind of transferring knowledge that you wouldn't be able to give just by reading the document and you make a list of where those are and this will be a much smaller list than the list of tasks because a lot of the tasks will be all the training that they would need would basically be in the form of the checklist itself uh, but there will be certain tasks uh, the third thing we want to do is go looking at all these tasks where will where can we get them productive first uh, so one of the things that we're going to want to do is get them productive in one area. And this is something they can be aiming to do in their first week, certainly in the first couple of weeks, so that you're starting to take the strain off the rest of the team. So you're dealing with their early anxiety and getting to the point where they're feeling like, like they're adding value. And you just want to go, okay, of all these tasks, what could we get, be getting them on productive soon? And you just, again, make a note of it so you're aware of it as you uh, come on to the rest of the process. At this point, this is you've got the key kind of thinking steps that you're going to need to do for your for your onboarding process because you've got all the scope all the kind of the the base material that you're going to need and I'll tell you how to put that together so what we now want to do is kind of create some placeholders so for all of those tasks that you've listed out we're going to want to turn them into SOPs. What we don't need to do now is to write out the full SOP. So we don't need to write out, to do a discovery call, you need to prepare for the call. You need to uh, plan the agenda. You need to do some research on the customer. You need to, etc. We don't need the steps. What we do need is just to uh, have a document where we will put that content in. And the little bit of guidance we can write in is, while this document doesn't exist, what would you expect that new joiner to do? And it might be, it doesn't exist at the moment. Talk to Alexis, uh, who's going to give you. He'll be able to bring you up to speed, um, and that's that's enough. It means that the new joiner, when he joins and wants to know how to do that task, he can see there will be some guidance in future. In the short term, he knows who to talk to, uh, and it may have you know a high level of a couple of bullet points that help to give some more context, or it may be enough just to to leave it at that. So we're creating our placeholders for SOPs. We do the same for the training. So again, we just want to have. A, a placeholder for each of these uh, pieces of, of content. And then we want to put in the placeholders for the final layer. So we've got our placeholders for our SOPs, our placeholders for our training. 
And then we want to put our onboarding checklist on top. And the onboarding checklist brings this all together and also covers a couple of additional steps which only happen when you start for the first time, like meeting the team and setting up your tools. And for the onboarding checklist, this is a bit where if you haven't got a, a starting point, it becomes a bit confusing because there are a lot of different bits of content that you want to bring together in the right order. Luckily, we do have a structure for that. And that's been two of our most recent episodes where we've looked at company onboarding and role onboarding. And we've got the templates for those uh, will be in the show notes today. And there's kind of like a few areas like meeting the team, setting up your tools, mm. reviewing the goals, getting productive, that all the other steps that you'll need to think about will fit under. So what we're going to do with those onboarding checklists is, again, actually, we're going to create placeholders. And those placeholders are going to be steps that we need to go through. So for the steps like under meet the team, we might say, meet the HR team, meet your manager, meet your buddy. Under the vision, value, and goals section, you might go, okay, read our vision, read our values, read our, uh, learn about our, our goals, learn about our short-term goals, long-term goals. And so you've got these headings and you just need to write out the high-level steps. At this point, you do not need to say how to do each of those steps. We just need to know what they will be. So then we've got the placeholders for everything. We've got the placeholders for our uh, SOPs. We've got placeholders for training. We've got placeholders for the onboarding checklist. And this is the, feels like a kind of a, it's probably the most involved part of the whole process. And it's actually something that you can do within an hour. Certainly within a couple of hours, you can get this whole thing mapped out. And at this point, you can put your hands around it and suddenly go, okay, I now understand everything that we need. And even in this current form, it's already going to be valuable because if someone starts tomorrow, they will be able to use the checklist that you've created for the onboarding. And while they're only going to need to ask for help each time they go to each step, the good thing is that they're going to make sure that all of the steps are done. They're not going to be skipping any of them. And as you do each step, you get the opportunity to go, okay, I can put this bit of guidance in as I give it to you. You can actually do it almost in real time. So you get this huge value for um, uh, immediately just from having this this structure. Over time, we're going to make it more self-service. Uh, self but getting that initial structure in, in place is, is the biggest hurdle. And it's something that you can do in a couple of hours. Yeah, that's really, really nice. And I think um, it rem reminds me a bit uh, like the power of having those placeholders in and, and it's relatively quick. You know, it's essentially um, what you'd need to do if you're coming up with your, you know, here's our first week, first two weeks, 100 day plan, whatever. It's like essentially it's coming up with, you know, if you're going to send an email to say to set the new joiners expectations, it's kind of um, coming up with that, it's working out like, okay, what, what are we actually going to do with them so that they can achieve these results and so on. And as you say, creating those placeholders, uh, in place. And it reminds me a bit of, um, a comment that we had on another one of our LinkedIn lives, um, by, um, uh, Danielle Mulvey, a, a, a client of air manual at the all in company. Absolutely awesome. Particularly on uh, recruitment matters and, uh, and making sure that you've got five star employees and so on. And, um, what she said, uh, somewhat jokingly, was like her top tip for onboarding. Step one, teach your new joiner air manual. Step two, uh, teach the employee what they need to know. And step three, get them to tell them to document it. And to some extent, like what you're describing, where you say, um, create the placeholders, that becomes an option available, right? In theory, if you just had placeholders in place, you could go, right, let's say the salesperson. Okay, you know, you get through to your sales discovery call bit and you go, oh, 
we actually haven't written down what the sales process should be. And you've kind of got the option there, hypothetically, that you could like literally spoon feed them, train them the information, ideally perhaps record that conversation uh, so it's easy for that person to refer back to, and then say, okay, now please turn that into a checklist that you could follow to do a really good job of doing the sales conversation each time. And then I can review it and check that I agree that, that, that that'll do it. And I think, you know, that, as you say, it provide, but having just the placeholders, the structure provides an awesome starting point, if only to make your, um, the, uh, the process of uh, bringing them in a bit more manageable. Um, but let's say, you know, we've got the structure clear, it's, it's usable in that form, but it's not, it's not fully self-service in, in that way. So uh, how do we go further? How, how do we make it self-service? Cool. Well, the most important thing before you do anything else is to prioritize. So now you've got the full list of all the bits of uh, content and guidance that you're going to need to share. But where are the biggest gaps? Where are the things which are going to cause the most pain if it's not actually uh, within the within the checklist? And in some cases, you you may be able to link to some things that already exist. But in other cases, you're going to go, oh, man, we, we don't have a, a script. And this is going to cause me a nightmare if I don't do it. Um, so you, you prioritize and you go essentially what, what few pieces of content are the most important. And then you start from, from the top. If you try to make everything beautifully self-service from the start, it will destroy you. Uh, I've, I've done this as well. Uh, you start from the start and, um, it's a very, uh, time consuming thing to try and to try and document everything. And when you're making it self service, like if you want to completely self service, it needs to be written in a way which uh, is friendly and uh, kind of guides them through like you're holding their hand, uh, which is very easy and possible to do when you're doing individual steps, but when you try and take on the whole, whole checklist becomes too much. So prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. Then for each of the things which are top priority, add in the essential guidance. So actually we're, we're prioritizing now, but we're doing it in the next level down. So instead of, let's say we've got the, you know, we've got that sales discovery call and we know that there needs to be a, uh, a script that they can follow. What we might go is, well, we need to have that outline so that they at least know that they always need to uh, set the agenda at the start, check for time, ask for permission to record the call. At the end of it, they always need to arrange the next call. That's vital or it's going to be a lost sale. And it might just be at that top level. So you might, over time, take that individual checklist and add a lot more guidance and an you know, actual kind of, this is the exact way we should start at the beginning of each call. And these are 10 other things we should be checking for. But right now, it's kind of going, what's the essential guidance I need to add here? Because... I've actually got a, a big list of other areas where I need to be focusing my time. Uh, how basically how high level can I keep this? Let's let's do that first, and then you you iteratively go in and add the add the guidance where it's needed. Now, over time, if you want to get to the point where the the ch checklists are truly self service and um, new joiners are able to to go through it without uh, regularly asking questions or just going, you know, this. I, I, I'm not quite sure what to do with this checklist. Then you do kind of need to wrap it in some some content which explains and makes each step easy to follow. And so you, you, you're looking to concisely, for each of those steps, concisely describe what they should be doing. Um, and it might be, okay, go and read this document, which will uh, give you guidance on what our vision is. 
And then one of the ways that we look to make that engaging is not just to leave it there, but to ask some questions to, um, it's going to say check your understanding, but it's almost more than that. What we kind of want, one thing we want to avoid is making it feel like a quiz uh, mm -hmm. and just asking some, okay, did you actually read this document? That's not what we yeah. want to check for. It's kind of, it's almost a bit insulting to the person who's reading it. What we've got is an opportunity to actually engage them and get them thinking and trigger conversations that are going to be useful for their manager. So rather than having kind of a multiple choice question to test them on something in that document, use a free text question um, to find out whether they found anything confusing or particularly interesting. One of my favorite questions is, what did you find most exciting about this? So we've just shared our, our values. Which of these values resonates with you the, the most and why? We've just shared our team goals. Which goals are you most excited about? Um, any of these things, we can we can get them to think about it and, and share their excitement. And in doing, they will get excited and that they, they will feel like you're caring. It, it's a weird thing it, because you're, you're just following a checklist, but it's a, oh man, they actually care about my opinion. Um, and that 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 makes a, a huge difference. It's one of, one of the reasons that the, the kind of self-service can work so well and can actually feel, uh, again, it can feel a lot better than just being in in these uh, long sessions, one-on-one -on -one with the, the manager. The final thing to do um, alongside that, if we're going to make it self-service, is just to make sure that we've got calls in the diary and, and meetings that support it. So rather than having a, a meeting where I talk you through the values, and a meeting where I talk you for vision goals and everything else. Instead, we're just going to have some checkpoint meetings where, um, and it might be kind of one a day. And it might be one of the manager and one of the uh, their buddy or team member, where you check in on their progress to see how they're doing, and then you uh, any questions, any blockers that are stopping them from moving forward, and then you look into the checklist and just go, okay, what answers did you give here? Oh, that's interesting. This one excites you the most. Let's have a little conversation about there, or this bit caused you confusion. I can help to close that that gap. Um, and that's how you can get to the point where it works really well. You, you kind of make each of the steps easy to follow with some uh, clear description of what to do. You ask some questions and then we use meetings to uh, provide the additional coaching and support to uh, make it human and uh, and all the better for it. Yeah, no, I love that. I think, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, being setting it out like that. And as you say, it's. It reminds me a little bit of like um, when we were saying earlier on about you want to make your man your focus your manager's time on the value add the coaching and essentially it's almost like that's what you're trying to do with the, the self service checklist as well. It's you want to provide them with the guidance, but then make as you said like the you know if you're asking questions as part of that checklist, using that to focus on the value to to pull out the interesting discussion points, not as you say just test them on stuff and say oh what is you know what was the jacket what what uh, what jacket color jacket were they wearing when they you know they did this it's like uh, like insulting intelligence rather than saying you know of our five core values which of you uh, of those do you feel like you're strongest in or which of these do you feel like you most need to improve in and why i think it really focuses on value and so uh, as we're here uh, coming up for time like in summary essentially we're saying when you're looking to make onboarding self-service to free up your time but also create a better experience for your new employees so they don't just feel dumped into the office and told you know occupy yourself 
instead making it, coming up with a structure that's really clear and focused on what you're, the value that you're trying to help them be able to add in the organization. That you're lining up the sequence of things you want them to do, that you want them to learn using that, that pyramid of guidance. The, the uh, SOPs at, at the bottom with the found, providing the foundations, the training to help make sure that they've got the skills, and the onboarding as the wrapper uh, that takes them through the journey to essentially end up with uh, all of that guidance. And, may, and starting off light by creating the placeholders and then adding the detail uh, uh, wherever you can and then as you go along as needed so that over time that becomes an amazing resource in your, in your organization. And as a result means that you can onboard multiple people as we've done simultaneously onboarding multiple people in the same week and yet it not derailing the rest of the team but also for the employee having a great experience, one that they feel engaged and welcome and supported and like they're able to add value. And then of course, crucially, that they're able to add value uh, in a really short period of time, like in a week rather than in uh, many weeks or indeed even months, uh, whilst at the same time taking 80% less time for the manager and the team. Fantastic. Well, we've covered a lot. As Paddy says, we've uh, in the show notes, we'll provide links to our company onboarding process template and a template for our role onboarding process. So these are ones that we've crafted based on lots of iteration, but also to help you you make use of those and do a really good job of that, we've got a checklist uh, on how to set up employee onboarding that you can follow to make sure that you put the right things in place and that's all available and, uh, and you, can, you can go through that and provide the link to that. Fantastic. Uh, well, um, also, we'd recommend that, as our regular listeners will know, we run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. It's every Wednesday at 1pm UK time and we'll help you on a range of areas to de-stress your business, including some of the areas around onboarding that we've uh, discussed, but in uh, subtle differences that will help you really uh, crystallise how to make it work in your business. Uh, but you can find out more and register at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. A final note for our podcast listeners, as a new podcast, we need your help. If you found the content today valuable, please take one minute just to leave an honest review, uh, one star or five star, please. <laughs> we don't mind the feedback, but uh, if, if you found it valuable, uh, give us some five star reviews. Really appreciate it. Also, do share it on social media there, or with other people that you think might get value. This will help the podcast get more visibility and help more people. Otherwise, until next time, have fun.